You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, uh, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Indians Baseball Insider, formerly of Scout. Uh, this is the second part of my talk with Pat Ellington. I uh, got some great chatter on the first one. Go check out Pat. He's a rising star in the baseball field. He said he's already over at Baseball Prospectus. He's got another like national uh, known company. He's going to have some stuff appearing for. I'm not going to spoil that for you. You have to find out. Go follow Pat so you can see where it's going to be. But uh, this is part two, and we literally had nearly a three-hour conversation, uh, both on and off mic. So uh, it was a lot of fun, and listen in. No, and I've, I've always been someone who I've, I've talked about that, that Bauer is, I mean, that what you loved about Bauer was the opposite of Clevenger. When Clevenger was in and the rust was off, I mean, he was high level, as high as I could get. Bauer but was Bauer the guy. had the rubber arm. He had the rubber Bauer's arm. Main volume. But he was Up always the guy. Broke out. Yeah, he was always the guy that I was just, because he. He couldn't put it all together yet, but even though he you know, had just stuff. He would strike out a lot of guys, but he also had problems with control, with home mm-hmm. run rate. But again, I feel like, you know, I talk about home run rate and I'm probably just being a bit of an old man with it because it's clear the Indians aren't bothered by home, high home run rate, that they're almost more of like an XFIP organization where I've talked about like the fielding independent pitching where I don't like XFIP because I do think certain pitchers have higher home run rates than others. And it and is consistent. for that. Yeah, and I, I think that should be there, but the Indians don't seem to care, and they keep adding I guys with high home run rates. For them. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with them when it comes to pitching. It's <laughs> That would be foolhardy. That is yeah. what they know and do so well. Uh, to go back to this team, uh, the current incarnation with them, center field. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I don't know what to do with center field. <laughs> over the course of things I yeah I like that they're going to try Rosario but it's very clear he's not ready for that full-time position uh maybe he does get ready maybe he doesn't we have to I'm Rosario is we don't know if the bat's going to return to where it was we don't know if he can play defense correctly uh he's a guy that I said when they acquired him there's a chance he could be let go at the end of the season if his arbitration number got too high and he doesn't perform with you know the uncertainty there, Bradley the Zimmer. I mean the Zimmer family. I don't know about his parents, but both him and his brother seem to be made out of styrofoam. Even if he plays well, I don't know how long you can expect it to go. I really hope it's not Ben Gamble in center. No offense to him, but that just seems like such a low ceiling to go with. What are you thinking in center field? Is this a position that they have someone that you you're feeling good about? Is this a position where you think? You know, I, I talked about just yesterday on the podcast, maybe they look into trades using some of their uh, ridiculous minor league depth. Is this a position they're just going to keep? Um, was it maybe a Zach Meisel who in one of his articles, it's like basically since Sizemore left, they've had a revolving door. And yeah. we look at other positions. It's like center field is probably the biggest issue on this team for the last decade. So saying that the hardest thing this organization has had to deal with, how would you fix it? Um, if we're being honest, I'd put Daniel Johnson there. 
and see what he can do because he's the most toolsy outfielder in the organization right now that's close to being major league. Well, he is major league already, but actually has major league proximity and 70 grade speed, 80 grade arm, above average raw power. Um, has pretty good exit velocities in the minors, in the high minors, to say. And he's hit in every level he's played at, except for a year when he was coming off a hammy ball injury. And with Daniel Johnson, I think a lot of people forget when he was in the Nationals organization, he was a minor league player of the year, and he was in the same organization when they had – that was when they still had Victor Robles and Juan Soto in the minor leagues, who were both top 100 prospects at the time period. Um, I feel like he does. I feel like Dan Johnson is kind of a bit undervalued internally and externally, um, kind of just based on the prospect reports and also the organization's behavior with him not getting any playing time. I definitely agree with you on that. And just like going back to because for some reason, across like writers, his value seemed to have decreased based on something last year. Where I mean, you can't base it on the 13 plate appearances, but a lot of people got a lot less bullish. And as you stated, it's like his worst runs created plus was a 103 at any point in the minors. Talking to people in Akron uh, from 2019, I know it was only like 39 games. It was glowing reports, not just like of the ability, which was very, I mean, the athleticism you couldn't miss, but it's like he works. He does everything that's asked of him he is what you want in like a player and yeah, people love to talk. (laughs) We all like to pass juicy gossip. So when someone is down there and they're like doing something they shouldn't, or they're, you know, like for instance, yeah. And it never like, so here's a very tame example. When I was down there, like the story that always got told was that, you know, they would have times to work on players, English language skills, and that they had like a special time for Jose Ramirez they would put up because he was not going to the class. Like he was like, it wasn't his focus. And I'm not saying this to, you know, it's kind of ridiculous at points how much people put on anyone's language skills. Like oh, the Jose, anglophone bias in baseball is, is very it's frustrating. Terrible. It's and terrible. It, it, it's terrible. It, I'm actually um, writing something about this that I can't talk about yet, but yeah, the, the Kevin Major situation, really I mean throughout professional baseball's history is always co-opted America's social norms whether it be the positive or the negative and we've seen the negative in real time whether it be the desegregation of baseball and when integration of baseball happened the backlash of that and the continued racism that manifests itself in various ways to this day and the xenophobia and anglo and anglophone bias and you see it when you see an announcer say something like oh, this guy, he's from a country that's very poor and such and such. Like, we've only seen the otherness of these players celebrated when they do something good on the field or they get American citizenship. Bet online. I don't know why I did that voice. It's late. I'm being silly. Uh, There's a good question, though. Silly, good or bad? Let me know what you think. But online, though, uh, just going there to get some information with them across the top. Live betting, casino, live casino, racebook, poker, esports, contests, promotions. Let's go to esports. That's a popular thing. That's what all the, the young kids are talking about nowadays. I click on that, that link. 
and you have multiple countries listed, there's so many things on betonline.ag. You'll find something for you. You'll find an area. You'll find something that if you are someone who likes to gamble a little here or there, you can find something for you. I, I mean, I talked about poker. There's blackjack on the side. There's so many things you can do. Go check out BetOnline for yourself. And remember that when you go to BetOnline, use the promo code Locked On on your first deposit to get a 50% bonus. 50% bonus. Go check it out today. BetOnline.ag, promo code Locked On. I've been talking about it all week in this spot. What are you waiting for? Go check out Locked On today for yourself. All week. And you haven't checked it out yet. Go check it out. It seems like. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole situation with the Seattle... Um, was he the CEO? He was a president organization. He was president. And then, I mean, I can't, you know, I wish I had paid better attention, but I just remember then reading the story from one of the players on the team about like, you know, with, uh, with Julio that like he was teaching like that person's mother's mom. Spanish. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The yeah. It's, mom, I just speak Spanish. Yeah. Like that's, I've heard Julio Rodriguez speak English. He speaks English a lot better than a lot of Americans. I wouldn't surprise me at all. But, you know, it's like that and, and like, so to, just to go back with what I was saying, like, I wasn't saying that necessarily as like a, for me to crap on Jose. Uh, Absolutely. He but... was like, you know, that wasn't his focus and like it doesn't need to be his focus. Like, I think unless you're a manager and I think honestly, bilingual managers are um, extremely valuable, but I think. I mean, bilingual managers, front office, people this, that yeah. can convey information, we should. I mean, you know, why should why should Julio Rodriguez have to learn English? No. Why why shouldn't Kevin Mather have to learn Spanish? Yeah, and We've, I'm sorry to get on this tangent, but no, no, I agree because it's one of those things. It's like Jose could do enough that his teammates understood, or like, and but you know, I would hear that story, so you'd hear things like that. It's you know, even you know, you're talking about the tangent. Like I always talk about the fact that like when I was down there in Double A. There are people who were great interviews and there were people who made you feel like crap because you were wasting their time. Uh, and that wasn't always big leaguer. Sometimes it was, but I always remember, and it's always going to be something that sticks with me, how gracious Yandi Diaz was because Yandi hadn't been here super long. I think it was his third year after escaping from Cuba and he didn't have any real English. Um, you know, when I asked, they said there was not much, but if you said, can we talk, he would get a translator for you. Like he would, There'd be someone, often Nelly Rodriguez was fantastic for that, but he was always gracious enough to give you that interview. And he would, like, if there wasn't someone available, he would find a player to translate. And that, like, that's fantastic because there are English speaking players who I never got to interview as minor league prospects because they were so standoffish and would give the worst interviews. So there was no, like, I would day job as a teacher. So I would teach and then maybe miss the first month. And then I'd come in and talk to the guys and be like, Oh, when I talk to this guy and they tell you, don't bother. Or when I would finally say, Oh, I'm going to talk to this player. You know, it's like, well, I promised him this week. They wouldn't have to talk to anyone. And that stands out. It's like the player who, you know, English is their natural language, big timing me already as a minor leaguer versus someone like Yandy Diaz, who doesn't have that skill yet and is willing to find someone. Uh, like I said, I hope I'm portraying that in the positive, correct, positive well, light. I completely but, understand what you're saying, but it's like, yeah we had a barrier but it was thanks to him many times that that barrier was broken and i mean he's a fascinating story top to bottom i mean he was the, the secondary guy in that boat uh which i hope that doesn't again come off that but 
the Indian signed Leonardo uh, Leonardes for over a million dollars. He was the big name player. And the Gandhi was an afterthought who just kind of worked his way. And at every stop, people were like, you got to check this guy out. <laughs> you know, it first, it was just his strength, but the, the skill game and everything else, but just from a, a person perspective, that's one of those things that's always going to stand out to me is I'll always remember. It's like Yandi found someone. He was always, he was never the guy who said don't. And often I found with a lot of players who English is a secondary language uh, would sometimes be more gracious in terms of interviews than other players who maybe just took things for granted. That's, that's very understandable. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, I mean, you'll get a, uh, your fair share of experiences down there this year. And, you know, most of the players are fantastic. Like, I, I always tell, like, Shane Bieber might be the nicest person I've ever interviewed in my time in the minors, and that makes it even easier to like a player like that. Uh, Francisco Lindor was always, a, you know, the smile is legitimate. Like, that is not some trademark image. That's just him. And I think when you do what we do, that's kind of the extra fun we get to see kind of a little bit behind the curtain and find out, you know, what players are legitimately uh, worth rooting for no matter what. And not to say that there's someone, Oh, he didn't mention this player who was there when I was there. I'm just talking about the favorites to come to mind players who were, you know, uh, a great performance in the big leagues, but B also just uh, stood out for their kindness in the minors. Yeah. And you see those, those, those stories come up in baseball when, when guys are in the big leagues and, and doing big things. Or you hear, you, I might read athletic articles. He's in the like, oh, when he was in the minors, he he did this, this, and that, and he was very outgoing and positive and, and treated people well. And even scouts take that into account for makeup. I mean, they they'll ask a a, a ticket counter or somebody who what players do because people see those things and they watch and they talk and um uh feature value by uh Colin Daniel and Eric Longhagen really helped me out with learning about player development how how to kind of quantify makeup and see how these things become common knowledge when when, when you see these things also but I feel like um when it comes to player interaction I feel like people in the game that only speak English should probably learn more Spanish because I don't think a lot of people kind of realize how difficult the English language is to learn for somebody, for somebody else. No, it's and, uh, as a special ed teacher who has to like go back and teach like basic phonics skills and rules. You see that. I see that every day because kids are like, that's not the rule. I'm like, I know. Yeah. The, the this set of words violates this rule and this set of words violates this rule. And you go and you look at something like Spanish those who have not taken it i mean that's the only language i took that's the only one i have of knowledge of but it's like yeah there's irregular forms but nothing is more irregular than english yeah i i, I actually I actually know how to speak mandarin so I, oh. um i i tones uh, and stuff actually make a lot make a lot of more sense and this is a lot easier to learn but it's mostly the characters that that change with the different tones that change the context so it depends on the order that you put stuff in like you you might the, the hi how are you might be similar to calling somebody a, a donkey but in more rude terms um so i mean the english language is it doesn't make any sense 
technically. Yeah, that's like I said, some as someone who kind of has to to teach it from time to time. It's uh, it's time to teach it every day. It is. So it's it's. I agree. There's too much, and then with everything that comes up, uh, you know, we talked about with the uh, the Seattle president. Uh, it, it's funny how those stories still come to be, and and these he, are the people that run baseball. Yeah, and and that's my big issue. He has no problem commodifying 16, 15 year olds from Latin America who can't speak English in order to make the team better and throw amazing dollars over their talents. But he says, oh, he has more personality than everybody in his room, but his English isn't great. And for just the, the whole spat with Kevin Mather was just awful because it was very obtuse on his part because you literally alienate not just most of your fan, a lot of your fan base, because there's a lot of Spanish speakers that watch professional baseball, but what what message does that send to your players? All of them. And not just that, what he said about Japanese players as well was very terrible. When Ichiro was the first position, Japanese position player to, to come to the major leagues and he was a superstar. And they also had a, a lot of other Japanese players that played for them. And, and you turn around and do that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. How do you get that far in your professional career with those type of opinions? And if he's thinking that, there must be other people that, that run things in baseball that think that. And it's very distressing to me as a minority just to see that type of things because there, there's a whole bunch of concern about the audience right now and how to keep baseball in the big three and relevant and you have things like that that break out yeah and it's you know then it because it's there and you know the reason it can exist is because it's allowed to happen unfortunately it's like the similar with like the mickey calloway situation where you know we like oh it's terrible but it's like mickey calloway is allowed to happen because that's just He's a productive employee. And it's part of the game. I mean, there's been, you know, I've, I've often talked about on this podcast too. It's like Cleveland of any place needs to appreciate racial diversity because really the only time the Indians have ever been good outside of the nineties and now was because they were the team that was willing to integrate. And if not for integration, those great teams, when they won a world series, and when they set the win record, like those don't happen. That was because of them. So let me tell you a story about Built Bar. Uh, at work, I take in bars and I, I mentioned that in between, I had to go with some off-brand stuff. I was waiting to get my shipment. And I had some students who uh, forgot some snacks and I just gave them mine. You know, whatever. I can go a day without my snack, pass a bar to my student. Uh, later this week, after I had got my Built Bar, I had a mix of the other ones I bought and the built bar itself. And the student had their own snack this time. And they're like, oh, can I have a bar again? And I, I took a second and I looked at my stash and then I intentionally held onto the built bars for me. That's how good they are. I take the time to be a bad human being because I love them and I really enjoy eating that product. And if it is such a good product, it makes me stop, look at what I have and debate. Go check it out for yourself. 
Currently in our bracket matchup, though, let's talk about mint brownie versus coconut puff. I love the puffs. I just think that I love marshmallow. I like coconut. I, of course, I'm going coconut puff. Mint brownie is great, but coconut puff for the win here. And if you want to check out Built Bar, remember to use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. That gets you 15% off. That is as high as you get as a return customer. It's a fantastic deal. BuiltBar.com. Sorry, I'm not giving you my Built Bars. I also want to remind you to check out the Locked On MLB Division Preview continues with an on, on continues with an on-depth, no, in-depth look at every MLB team. Every episode from now through the 31st features a in-depth look at each team in every division. It's on the Locked On MLB podcast feed. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. I don't know if I want to say being smart enough to do it, but uh, um, realizing you know it's it, it, I, it's the integration advantage. Yeah, it's why. It's the only it's why, reason they it's were why, good. Is why Branch Rickey decided, I want black players. They they want they needed that. They wanted that talent to get that edge, and they were willing to break the social norms at the time to do that. I'll I'll, I'll say that as a black man. I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. Um, just to, because it's it's one thing that's very important to me. Um, mm-hmm. is the commodification of athletes. Um, but. The commodification athletes also in turn leads to de- their dehumanization and based on value, which not only can harm them, but can harm others. And we've seen that with employees like Pagee Calloway, mm-hmm. who Tito said, that's my pitching coach. That example right there, where he puts Malik Calloway's productivity over the, uh, hum- the hum- humanity of the people that Mickey Calloway's presence and the organization comes at the expense of, it, it spells it all out. Yeah, there's definitely and, a hiding of monsters at points. It's, yeah, just for their productivity. And yeah. with, like with Branch Rickey, he had Jackie Robinson under agreement that he would turn his cheek up until a certain point where he would establish himself and he would be too good for him to take out after he gave Jackie Robinson permission to lash out and defend himself. Because remember, when Jackie Robinson came into the MLB, People, the press called him grateful, graceful, and a good character man for turning out the cheek at everything he was receiving. But when he started fighting back and talking back, the press turned on him, obviously, considering the social norms at that time period. And they still exist to this to now. Um, with Black baseball players, they have, well, Black American baseball players, we have more visibility in the game because of our closer proximity to Americanness because we're American, we have citizenship and we know social knowledge and we speak English, but we still, and our ugliness is tolerable and marketable. It keeps the profit machine churning. And, you know, everybody likes to promote diversity now to get the PR points and to get that extra, extra bit of revenue from people, from people from different, Using a diversity game to get a diversity audience means more money. As, hence, with that, and that's the bottom line for baseball. It's a business, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. Yeah. It's always going to come down to to the dollar sign, and it's it's unfortunate. It's you know the the it is odd, and not odd. I, what I will say, what's good over the time that I felt like following the team is th- there's more accountability. And we're still moving forward. I mean, I think back to like the addition of Will Cordero at one point in time after what he had done. Uh, and it was just kind of let go, or I think to 
some of the jokes or comments that players could get over, say in the minor leagues when it came to race and then call someone overly sensitive uh, is not something that can be done anymore. And, you know, it hopefully we'll see some changes as well with some of the, what creates a Mickey Calloway yes. because that's, uh, you know, I it's can say a baseball thing. It's just how, yeah, it's, it just happens no workplace to women all over the world. That's, yes. That's something that needs to just change with social norms theory that come at the expense of women everywhere. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, and as we continue to expand, as there are, you know, great female writers out there and I'll stand like, you know, I think baseball, if we're ever going to have a sport that becomes integrated, like, you can't tell me that there's not, a, you know, a woman who's strong enough to be a left-handed pitcher where there could be velocity. It's, that's always been my, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. That's always been like my great, uh, like, I've been curious if like softball didn't exist, if baseball would have already had a, uh, a, a woman, you know, at least pitcher by now, it feels like the sport where such a thing could happen. And hopefully and I would like to in my lifetime actually see it happen. I think that someone out there could have Exist. the athlete. Yeah. The athleticism and the ability to totally do that. Um, pitching is so much. And I, you know, I stick to pitching because, you know, people have different body size types and builds, but when it comes to pitching, so much of that is more about like repetition, arm action and like, body control. And keeping it together, that that's one of those things that it's not like, I mean, yes, a lot of pitchers are very strong, but it's not like the strongest player on the team is a, is the best pitcher on the team. It's, it's a different thing. And it's, you know, it, I don't know, I'm always going to be someone who's hoping for progressiveness and uh, maybe I will stay naive and hope that it's coming in ways, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. It'll be nice someday when we have ownership that is like, not just old, old and old money or lots of money, white dude. It'd be nice. And we can see, you know, I know LeBron is now going to have a small ownership in the Red Sox, but like seeing that kind of move and or change. Magic seeing, Johnson's um, slice that he bought in a Dodgers. Dodgers well, is, but is he, is he the majority with them? Or no, is he, he was still, a minority owner. Yeah. But that was, that was a big deal in the black community um, actually. Okay. See, I didn't know that. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um, But I, I want to go back to the, woman writers thing because yeah. I, I have some money to shout out um totally shakia taylor um she just won the save uh award from the saber um society um for baseball um, that's a black, big thing a, to get yeah um black woman she's from youngstown ohio which is where i'm from um she ran across my my personal blog and she put me in contact with what basically with Craig Goldenstein at Baseball Perspectives and, and Jen Ramos. They both have been amazing in helping me get and getting me that playing the percentiles piece, which I did for the for the Pacota projections. Um she's really transformed things for me in in the past, I say three months. Um I need to give her credit on record. And I've said thank you many times to her off the record, but Shakia, if you're listening to this or if you're going to, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's just end it there with, you know, kind of a, I think a beautiful moment where in terms of Pat talking about who has helped him and, and pointing that out. I think as I talked about on there, uh, 
helping each other in the writing game is a beautiful thing because it is competitive and there are a lot of people who uh, don't do that. So I think, you know, again, Pat is a fantastic writer. Everything coming his way is because he's earned it. And I look forward to seeing more from him in the future. I still have about another 10, 11 minutes of our conversation left. So that will be on Monday show along with my discussion with Justin from Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, Pat talked about on there. He's going to be writing and covering for Indians Baseball Insider this summer. So it's going to be an IBI Monday. So go check that out as well so you can get the third part. But I'm sure you can just tell by listening to this why I think that Pat is a name to watch. And go check him out again at tangible, tangible underscore uno. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me at Jeff MLB Draft. Remember to download daily. That helps. Rate and review. That also helps. And interviews are fun. Uh, Let me know who else I should talk to, and I will try to get them. I think next week, additionally, I'm going to be talking with Sandy Kazmier, who does some really interesting things with projections and some things I don't always understand in advanced metrics and thoughts. So make sure to tune in for that. Uh, I've I already told you I'm Jeff Ellis. At least for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.